This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, Brigade? We are back after the weekend. It is the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, Matt Peralt. Live back in our studios after our circuit extravaganza on Friday. Dave, I did not have coffee today. This is a problem for me. This is bad for everybody. What do the you mean? Bad for with, you. The caffeine withdrawal is going to happen at some point during this show. I'm going to have that moment where I'm going to be like, oh boy, give me my, my morning drug. Can Didn't we, have any coffee today. Can we have that not happen before Better Book It? I mean, <laughs> oh, please do it after Better Book It because we've got to listen to these plays. Um, Circle was great. Was so much fun. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a, a, a few people on Las Vegas. Chris, no H, by the way, he sent me a text and said we got the C-R-I-S. And we put the H in there. So apologies to Chris. But Benson hit it out of the park. Uh, we had that little, you know, clip go multiple outlets. Um, that was good. One thing missing, though, from the show today, P. Ron already. That damn fly. Oh, or those damn flies. flies. I think there were multiples. Plural. There were four of them. Man. I don't know what's going four? on. You counted four? Yes. They're everywhere. That was like in every clip. I'm like this. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like brushing off. I'm grabbing everything. It's every clip. Go watch the show. It's like every time I'm, I'm actually like talking or moving around, I'm smacking something off my body. The Benson clip was good enough in itself. But the 14-second to the 30-second mark when either I was talking or he was talking, but the camera was on you. You were literally doing – you look like a third base coach giving <laughs> signals. You're like this, 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 this. I mean, I watched it 10 times. Shout out to Mikey Awesome for putting oh. us with Mr. Miyagi and Daniel LaRusso. I didn't bring no chopsticks today, but, I mean, I wanted to catch that damn fly so bad. You got chopsticks? You don't have chopsticks. You have chopsticks? I can do chopsticks. (laughs) (laughs) We got props. We got all kind of stuff. (laughs) Mr. Miyagi, you know, I can go ahead and and, and, and use my, and use my, I, I I got pretty good at chopsticks for, for a while. So I, I I always like to like, you know, this is always like little chopsticks. I can't use chopsticks. I never, I never could. I, I, I I'm just <laughs> never learned. No one ever showed me properly. So I'm the guy that goes to the restaurants where they just use chopsticks. I'm like, can I have a fork, please? That's me. That's me. <laughs> it's all right. No problem. No problem with that. It does the same thing. I mean, you know, grab it and hold on to it. So same old, same old. But yeah, huge thank you to footballcontest.com for having us there and Maddie Simo and in, in Vegas, Maddie and Tony and the great folks over at footballcontest.com. They were very busy this weekend. A lot of signups. Yeah, still not on pace to break the overlay though to, to, to stop that from happening on the million. So right. 
still on pace to have a pretty good size overlay on the million and not so much for the circus survivor, but we'll see if there's a real late push as we head towards this weekend, because it's funny. People are coming are waking up. Got a bunch of DMS from people this morning asking me where my daily podcast was. They're like, Hey, where are you now? And I'm like, ah, people are now coming back into the betting space. The books are starting to get more action. Football is here. Is, is, this is the week. This is the week in the book. The kids are back in school officially, pretty much in a lot of places. I see a lot right. of East Coast people first day back to school the week before Labor Day weekend. So you get the the people in. It's like a family reunion. Hey, how are you? Hey, how was the summer? Hey. And they're looking at the lines for the first time. We've been talking about it all summer <laughs> here every day on the show. Right. These yeah. lines have been up since April. Like we did the draft. We did all this other stuff. And it's um, it's funny to see, but it happens every single year. So, you know, we might have some new people watching today. Hit yeah. the like button, follow, subscribe to the show. Everything you can do to help help us, we appreciate. You guys are buying the meat. Mm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. There's so many yeah. things happening. It's officially football season after this past weekend. Officially. Yeah, searing hot take of the day is fun today from Omaha Steaks. So we'll look forward to doing that <laughs> a little bit later on in the show. But it was a pretty good sports weekend. I mean, on Friday, I went yeah. from the show to the Raider and the Patriot game and then went to a AAA baseball game after that. Yep. We saw, I thought, you know, for the most part, your quarterback played pretty well. Kenny Pickett played pretty well for the Steelers up against kind of the backups, but kind of yep. secured his backup spot there. Hawaii won their fourth Little League World Series, ripping up on your Curacao. Ooh. I didn't know Curacao as a country is the same size as Springfield, Massachusetts. Now, you you have context, right? Springfield's not big, is it? No, it's tiny. <laughs> I mean, for a country to be the same size as that city? That's it wild. Was a, it was an eye-opening experience for me from the moment I got even told I was going. Mm. You know, I dove into it, opened up my Encyclopedia Britannica. For those of you that are not old enough to remember, we had these things called encyclopedias. They were their only sources of information. <laughs> there was no internet. There was no things. I learned about Curacao, and then I went and moved there. And, I mean, you could drive. I, I say it all the time. You drive from tip to tip of that island in 45 minutes. 45 wow. minutes. It's so small. There was one movie theater on the island when I was there. One. On the whole island. What's the airport like? Small. I mean, I do like 747s land or do you have to take like you land in Miami oh. and take like a take a, a 1v1 over to Curacao? No, we. I mean, I flew from Pittsburgh to Miami and then down and then uh, also it was Pittsburgh to Atlanta okay. and down. Um, but I mean, I remember we were flying over water for a long, long time. I kept looking out the window. I'm like, there's no land anywhere. And then all of a sudden you just come down and it looks like you're going to land on a water. And all of a sudden this little Island comes in and you just, and you come to the screeching halt on the runway. And it was like, okay, you're here. Um, but yeah, it's fun to see those. There was like two baseball fields on the whole Island. When I was there, Andrew Jones wow. was just coming up and every at bat that he had, the Island stopped. Now I was trying to explain to all the girls in the room, that were answering the phones. Like we always had to have the Braves games on. It was on TBS. They watched them every day. Yep. But every at bat he had, they would stop working. Andrew's up, Andrew's up. And like, we would have a Sunday in September. Wow. The phones are ringing and it's NFL Sunday and Andrew's up. I'm like, 
Andrew will be up again. Answer the phones. <laughs> we got to take the 360 <laughs> times. He'll be up. Guys. Yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. So to see where it's at now. And like they said, there's 18 major leaguers from Curacao. Mm -hmm. It's such a small place. It's amazing, man. It's awesome. It's very, very cool. Yeah. So speaking of islands and maybe leaving people on islands, Oof. Nebraska gets beat outright like we talked about. Now, I had plus 14 and a half. I laid the minus 130 down to win one unit back. So I was clean there. But I, I violated my own darn cardinal rule in my first college football bet of the year. Bet the dog when you bet the plus. If you take a dog, take the money line for 10% of the bet. Didn't do that for Nebraska yep. and Northwestern. My bad. So let my mistake be a reminder to all of you. If you make a $100 bet, put 10 bucks on the money line. It's $110. Okay, so or maybe our, our 110, put 10 bucks down or $11 down, whatever. If you're putting that money down, just throw an extra whatever point one point two units down on the money line. Because you probably cash them both more often than not. Northwestern with the win outright over Nebraska. Another one score loss for Scott Frost. Unbelievable. I mean, some of the numbers are absolutely eye popping right now, Dave, for Nebraska under Scott Frost since they fired Bo Pelini. I mean, it is bad right now. This is, I was there the last time it was this bad, but the natives are less, less right now. Onside kick up 11 points. Right call, wrong call. I mean, it's one of those ones. If he gets it and they score, oh, that what a, what a move! Go for the kill, go for the win. He don't get it, gives them life, and they lose the game. So, I mean, in hindsight, like I like to call the people that tell you about their winners after the game. It's called right. the twenty twenty club. The twenty twenty club's got great vision. But under, if I'm on the sideline, I grab him by the shoulder and be like, hey, man, kick it deep. <laughs> We're up 11. Kick it deep. Don't give him no life here. Just play defense. Um, after after our lunch, uh, you know, with Justin and, and the Bananas Foster pancakes oh. with the Flames, which were pretty ridiculous, I might say. I've never had Bananas Foster pancakes, but they were good. Um, I walked around the book. Over at Park MGM, I went over to Cosmo. It's Nebraska fans looked like it was that was that they were sad. They were very very upset. They, were, I had never seen the run the damn ball hats, hat, the gear, dressed, oh, yeah. top to bottom, ready for the season excitement. They were all holding probably minus thirteen, minus twelve, minus eleven tickets, and wow. I was thinking of your friend, the guy that said that. Who's your buddy's name? That's Sunny. Ten games. Who? Sunny Spades. Sunny Spades. Whole game. Texting him the whole game. He kept, oh, on, no. kept on. Why aren't they throwing the effing football? And I text him back. I go, dude, if you keep on throwing the ball, Casey Thompson's gonna throw a pick. He's like, it's the only thing we got going. I go, they're not wanting to throw the ball this much because he's gonna throw. What did he do? Key moment. <sighs> Down three. Driving, trying to get the game tying field goal pick. Like, you just can't ask this dude to throw that much. We saw him at Texas. You can't ask Casey Thompson to throw the ball every damn down because the first series, Nebraska scripted plays right down the field. Touchdown. Nebraska's talking about 12 and 0, coronation, winning the Big 12. <laughs> it's all over. Here we go. It's our Big 10. We're, we're, it, it's, it's all good. 
Scott Frost is back. Mark Whipple, rah, rah, rah. Won the championship in 1998 when I was in college, by the way, and I know Coach Whipple, so he's new OC at Nebraska. Happy for him. After the game, a reporter had the balls to ask Scott Frost if he would resign this year at any point during the season. In a post-game press conference after game one, a guy stands up in the post-game press conference and says, hey, Scott. Hey, Scott, would you consider a Nebraska writer? Would you consider stepping down at any point this season? Scott Frost's answer was no. I love Nebraska. I'm going to keep. I'm going to fight with these guys as long as I can fight. (laughs) Like, it's a pretty ballsy question, man. To stand up there after the first game, the guy just had his buyout cut in half, took a million dollar pay cut, had to replace his entire staff. He goes to Ireland. He loses as 11 point favorites. He loses to Northwestern outright. And the media already thinks that lowly of him that they will go ahead and ask that question in a post-game press conference. It's like asking a guy that just lost like, whether it's $5, $50, $500, $5,000, right after he lost his bet. Hey, man, how you feel? Right. You know, would you consider never betting again? You know, you schmuck? Well, right. No, like... Right after the game, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody sees it. I can't believe he's 15 and 30. Yes. But what what, is that? He's lost seven consecutive one score games. He just set the record in the modern era since 1938 for consecutive losses by one score or less in seven. I mean, and if you beat the closing line, if you laid nine and a half when it first came out mm-hmm. and you beat the closing line, it closed 11 and a half or 12, whatever it closed, went up to 14. Like, do you feel better that you got the no. good number today? Like, do you <laughs> feel better? I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like, a lot of people are talking about this CLV and, and how important it is, and it's the key to success. Getting the best number is the key to the business whether you're on the better side or the book side. But it's not an excuse for being on the wrong side. Nebraska (laughs) was the wrong side of that game. Yeah, loss is a loss. It's just, it was, at no point did I think that, I mean, and it was funny sitting there at lunch with you and and Justin, and you're looking at the the score, watching the play-by-play, going, what are they doing? What What are they doing? Like, you knew you weren't, we didn't have the visual of the game at the time and you could see it. What do you think the fans and the, the whole people like you asked this guy right after, would you resign? Would you consider get out? The, the only saving grace for my friends who rode a very long plane ride over to Ireland from Omaha, Nebraska. The only saving grace is that the internet went down at the stadium. Yeah. And then they stopped charging for alcohol and it was open bar. It was an open bar at a football stadium with about 40 people, 40,000 people. So my friend who was over there, I started texting with him going like, what the hell? He said, dude, it was insane. No exaggeration. I probably drank 10, three beers at the game. There was like (laughs) 10 of us. So two people would go up and grab four beers at a time, the entire game and go back to their seats. 
Like it was just, you'd go up, you, you double fist it, you grab four, you walk back, you grab four, you walk back. So the only thing that really could save the day for Nebraska is that they were so drunk that I'm not sure their fans remembered how badly things went in the fourth quarter for them. Right. <laughs> That's it. You know what would have saved that whole situation? Cash. Nobody uses cash anymore. They could have charged cash for the drinks instead of cost them all this money. The exchange I mean, rate, though, Northwestern and Nebraska fans, how many of them are actually, you know, I don't, I don't, what does Ireland, the euro, is that what Ireland uses? What's their money? I don't even know. Tell I, us I doubt the they've exchanged their. The tell us. I don't know. But either way, you, it's, it's a showcase event. Like it's a big deal. Make that's sure why it was you free. got the well, backup to the backup to the backup. The internet can't go down. Wait, I know, but what's? I mean, they lost the money, but the people who were there weren't angry about that. They Hell no! You had to keep the natives from. Of course. So they're ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, they're going right. home. They're going home with a big grin on their face in terms of that. Going all right. So I drank for free. <laughs> so I didn't spend a hundred bucks at the game on alcohol per person <laughs> across the entire way. I just, I, I mean, my gosh, I can only imagine. But I mean, you know the boot. You got the pulse of the place. Oh, yeah. Lost is a gigantic favorite to Northwestern at the beginning of the season. Where does it go from here? Is that a bet against now? Or the, a lot of people they were, they were a bet against anyway. on Nebraska this week. Like oh. They were a bet against anyway, but they're an overplay for sure. They're an overbet. They're in, their defense is bad, and their offense is going to score. So. Right. Right. They're going to be an overplay pretty much all year long. I mean, it's Casey Thompson, the receivers that, you know, Mark Whipple, they're going to get going. That's the thing though, that, you know, Pat Fitzgerald, I think I was, I was listening to the Northwestern broadcast. I think he improved to like seven in two over his last nine openers. And he just knows how to coach. And so at halftime, he made some really big adjustments, right? That's where Scott Frost after game one threw his entire offensive coaching staff under the bus wow. by saying, we have to learn that we have to be more, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially we have to learn to be more dynamic on offense to win games in this league. I think he used the word innovative or something. Yeah. I mean, it was really, yeah, it was, it was like, really, this, is, this, this room it was a shitty thing to say. It was oh. a really, it was a really shitty thing to say oh. in that moment. Mm. where your team is reeling the fan base is for it really mad at you. And you've had all these things happen in the offseason. Your friends, the athletic director It's why you got the extra year and you handpicked all these guys to come in, to be your coaches. And you say that publicly, mm. Oh boy, mm. all, the, all the way around a bad flight home. I mean, that's just dead silence for how many, whatever, how many hours Cause Nebraska plays this weekend. So they suppose they were leaving. That night after they lost, they got on a plane and they flew back to Lincoln. So oh, yikes, not good. I mean, I think this weekend is an overbet for them. I think they'll run the score up because the blue hairs need to be calmed down. <laughs> so I would, I would expect Nebraska to hang a big number, a 60 spot this weekend would be my gut as to what the Huskers do. They won't take the foot off the gas this right. weekend right? to quiet down all of the criticism to keep people, you know, what's coming down the pike for these games or it's not good for Nebraska. I think, uh, I know I would have to consider moving some numbers in the other division. Like 
the advantage you have when you see a team play like that right, is early. You slide some numbers up. Maybe they're those games that we thought were coin flips with Nebraska and whomever. Mm-hmm. Now I give to the other team, or I, you know, you can't over overreaction. Monday is classic, and you know Pat does a great job with it on his show and Mac, those guys. But can't overreact. But that was a bad loss, no matter oh. how you cut it. That's a bad loss, and then the stuff said afterward to get the media asking them before the, you know, the body's even cold, or would you consider resigning? I mean, that's an uncomfortable question for anybody. If I'm in the room and I don't ask the question, I'm like, man, what are you doing? Like the guy just lost. He knows he lost. The whole fan base wants wants his head on a stick. Like I mean, Ryan Hill, Ryan Helsinki, the quarterback for Northwestern, threw for 314 yards. A Northwestern quarterback threw for 314 yards. If you know college football, like the idea that a Northwestern quarterback throws for 314 yards is 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 like you know you wake up and and your cat's got three heads. Like yeah. this is not happening. Like it does not. This is not how Pat Fitzgerald plays football. <laughs> Might not throw for 300 yards again in a game. I would I would be stunned. Right. Like I wish Ryan I had that over because his, yeah. his his yardage was probably you know. Two eleven and a half. I, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Let's go here. Look at t- in 2011, his high was 267 yards against right. Rutgers. <laughs> it was 260, I mean. but most games against Purdue, 66 yards right. against Wisconsin, 25 yards against Ohio, 88 yards against Duke. 34 yards. I mean, he didn't play full time last year, but he, in the games he did play, this dude was not out there, you know, slinging the football. <laughs> Northwestern lost last year, opened up the year with five consecutive losses. They won three games last year and they come up and win the game in Ireland against Nebraska as 11 yeah. point dogs. That's it's an eye opener. That's an Yikes. eye opener. Husker That's fans. Yikes. Go big red is going to be the go big dead again. That's coming. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's coming. Not. Well, that's coming. I mean, they know it. I mean, again, I tweeted this after the after the game, but I'm oh, I've got a bunch of Husker friends, and the <laughs> after one game, I'm getting sent lists of new coaches. Hey, w- <laughs> hey, what do you think of this guy? Hey, what, 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 hey, do you think this person would take this job? Hey, oh, how much money do you think it would take to get so and so? Oh boy, I'm like, we're one game in, guys. We're one in. You're like, yeah, same old Huskers. We're dead. That's it. We suck. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Move on. Next year. I'm like, you're already saying next year. You haven't played a home game yet. You're already on to next year. That's the perception when you're such a big favorite. I think if it's a pick 'em game. And they lose like that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a little more right. tolerable. They had the lead. They were right at the twice. spread. They were Two double, they had a double digit lead twice, twice. in that game. Right. And lose. And they lost. Outright. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a poo boy. I, I'm only bringing up this game because I had a bunch of people who were angry at, and it's a chance for us to kind of explain sharp money for a second. Mm-hmm. So Vandy Hawaii under was this gigantic sharp play. Yes. Vandy scored 63 points game flew over. Yes. And so I had a bunch of people DM me really angry going like, you know, I was told and I had this and I bought this package and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Guys, 
you have to understand something like one, no one's winning every game. No. And two in early season football, a lot of these games are going to be funky. Like you're going to go, wait, what happened? Yes. Very wonky. I mean, Vanderbilt scoring 63 points on anybody is, I mean, they won't score 63 points again all year, but that was, that's their high for points scored all year in game. Number one might be their high point score for the next decade. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's an insane number. Like it's, it's unpredictable and we're, we're betting on human beings to do things. And it's very difficult to do that. No one, someone's Madam Cleo. Okay. So understand that even though if the sharps come in or the steam or the plays, remember the sharps drove up the number or drove it down the total for Nebraska and Northwestern. And they hammered the over. They also Correct. took Northwestern and drove it up to or, or Nebraska up to 14 okay. and hammer Northwestern. Okay. Yeah. So like, it depends upon which sharp money move are you talking about? Which game are we talking about? Which market are we talking about? So just brace yourself for that roller coaster. You don't blow your bankroll in one week. Okay. It's a long season. Pump the brakes on the anger because I'm going to, I mean, I went four and one, so I had a good Saturday, but I'm not going to go four and one every Saturday. I'm right. going to have bad. I'm going to have bad weekends and bad days. I mean, I went seven and four in football over the weekend on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I went seven and four in football. Yep. I wound up down a half a unit because baseball can go jump off a cliff and never come back. <laughs> so if, if I never bet baseball again, it's going to be, it's going to be too soon. So uh, I, I have a nice little three unit cushion and, and, and baseball of course has to piss that away because baseball is the devil's sport. And right. so that's, but that's what happens. So like, don't be angry or mad over one bet because if you're betting responsibly, and you're betting the way we want you to, which is basically right. one unit. Pace yourself. Right. One bet is one bet is one bet. Yep. You don't go heavier or lighter. You just consistently place whatever your one unit might be. Yeah. I mean, you've seen this for years. The for sharps years. are and, wrong and a lot. The the volatility at the beginning of this season, the numbers, it's it's so unique, especially week zero, week one, week one of the NFL. Numbers have been up for months, all right? You'll see a better number from the book, and you'll see better steam plays from the rhombuses and the parallelograms as the season goes on and everybody gets more information. Right. So these beginning ones, listen, whether you lose by a half a point or lose by 50 points, it's a loss. I tell people that all the time, like, one of the beauties of working in a book or actually, you know, if you've ever been a book, like you got to learn to be even keel with all this stuff. You can't, you, I mean, the, the, the runs great or are, are awesome. You've done it now for a couple years. Mm-hmm. I say it when someone asked me, like when you win a bet or when you guys would have a big decision in the book, what was the feeling like? Were you guys really excited for me? It was relief. Like when I win a big bet or a nice size, you know, margin of victory um, and have a cigar game like our guy, you know, Steve with Molalabe cigars and we can just light it up in a first quarter and go. Those are great, Mm. but there's another day. And like you right now, no, I got to look at this damn baseball again because there ain't no football. It's Monday. I got to look at baseball and I don't want to. My last Monday. This is my last Monday. (laughs) not betting football until January. So I'm very happy about this. This is it. This is the last, 
This is the end of it. By the way, BetSmart just sent me a DM. It's been 19,272 days since Vanderbilt football scored 63 points in a single game. Last time they did that, they scored 63 in 1969 against Davidson. 52 years, nine months, and six days ago. It's the third largest margin of victory since 1969 when Vanderbilt beat the Citadel by 58 in 1999 and Davidson by 55. So yeah, that's a fluke. Okay. It's, un, it's, un, it's unpredictable. Okay. It is a complete fluke. Hawaii sucks. Okay. Western Kentucky, wow. Ohio, Hawaii this weekend. Wow. I, I should have bet it. I talked about it on just the picks. I was looking at it. I was like, I want to bet Vanderbilt. I should have bet Vanderbilt. It was my, it was the one, you know how you have games, the last game that falls off. I had five bets. It was number six and I dropped it. I didn't want to bet six units in the opening weekend. I was like, do I want to potentially go down six units if I'm wrong on everything and put myself into this big of a hole to start the year. So I dropped Vanderbilt and I, and I just, I, I I didn't keep it on there, but Vanderbilt hit. So should have bet Vandy. I think Vandy was the side the entire time. It's an sec team up against, a Hawaii team that has replaced literally everyone, including their head coach and quarterback. So it's like necessary roughness. You remember that yes, movie? It's bad. I mean, yeah. That's, it's no Kathy it's Ireland. Though. Right. They have, <laughs> probably would help actually. Well, might, Kathy it, Ireland it, and I'm good. Like, <laughs> right. Like I don't I'm care how much movie. we lose by, let's try right. another field goal. She was the kicker in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, oh, and a lot of people that like are getting into the space and following us, like, They'll be mad that they didn't bet Vanderbilt. Like you got to let those go because there'll be other ones that you don't bet that lose. Right. Like it. it it'll. It'll Many. go up and down. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know you you win some, you lose some. You don't make plays. Sometimes the best plays you make are the ones you don't make. You uh, just, amen to that. You know. You, That's a, that might be the best line of advice of the football season. Yeah. Sometimes the best bet you make all weekend is the one you don't make. Right. It's so it's 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 fun, though, to get those discussions going and those juices flowing. And football is different because it's on the weekend and it's just it's football. There's nothing like it. Each sport has its own unique sweat, its own unique thing. The football sweat is different than any other sweat. For most people, it's the only thing that they do. So. It it's gets so much very more emotional. fun than baseball. It's, the football sweat is so much fun. Sweating out in Nevada. Late night, last game of the day at home, or sorry, on the road against New Mexico State. That sweat was so much more fun than any baseball sweat I've had all summer. See, meanwhile, right before that, I'm sweating Cleveland, Seattle. I'm watching that game. You know, the the the, the Guardians and Mariners are playing an unbelievable baseball game. The Mariners are up three-one. You get a hit, a base hit the other way. You watch them you know, manufacture three runs. The Guardians are such a good baseball team. And a total that was a dead under, 3-1, falls seven. And you're just like, how is this happening? And then I flip over and see the Nevada thing, and we're on a phone, and I'm listening to you sweat it. <laughs> we cannot watch games together with the current situation we're on because I'm, I'm 30 way ahead of behind Dave. you. I'm way ahead of Dave. My Nothing could be more annoying. He's like, ahead. they just did this. And I'm like, they're not even, they haven't even snapped the ball yet. He's got direct TV. I've got cable. 
In case you're wondering about latency, latency of direct direct TV is way faster than cable. It's not even close. Way faster than cable. And the book's ahead of the direct TV. Yeah. Yeah. What by a ways book is ahead. Uh, I know that uh, Richard shoots is in. we got to get his camera situation fixed. And then once we do that, we'll bring it in. So we can talk about this while, while he fixes his camera. Full disclosure before we talk to Richard, I am an employee of UNLV. Okay. I, today, yes. my favorite thing about today will be the fact that I, I am teaching today my class at UNLV. Okay. So just so everybody knows that's, that's where I am. UNLV last year debuted the turnover slot machine. Nobody paid attention to it. Week zero, no games really captivating the country. Everyone's on Twitter. Our guy Cofield here from Cofield and Company, Steve Cofield, sideline reporter for UNLV, works for ESPN Las Vegas here in town during afternoon drive. First pick is five minutes into the game. Interception, UNLV runs right over to that slot machine. They sit down, they pull the handle, the one-armed bandit, spins, 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 jackpot turnover. Not everyone agreed with this, and not everyone thought this was a good idea that underage kids are now going to be celebrating with a slot machine. Right. And Richard was one of them. Yep. Asking the question of should a institution of higher learning having their student athletes playing slots, it's legal in Las Vegas. So it's a little different. Does the turnover chain or turnover slot machine travel? That would be a question, but here in town, (laughs) okay, it's on the sidelines. Everyone's trying to do their own version of Miami. This would be called embracing your city, right? Right. Did you have a problem with the turnover jackpot? I mean, not specifically. Um, It's all of it. Like the turnover chain, the this, the that. Like it's a bit much. And I like them embracing the fun. I would agree. Miami made it so cool. That everyone had to do, everybody had to find their own version of it or get left behind. Right. Every kid wanted to be a part of it. Every defensive player wanted to be the one that wore that big, huge around their neck. Yeah. And again, it's a team sport that that makes it a very individual thing. I'm not a fan of that. Very 2022, though, is it not? Very 2022. And listen, you. It's all about it's, the individual. It's all yeah. it's, it's separating you from the pact. It, it, it's you are now the one. You made this move, this play, this score. So we're going to highlight you, and the camera will be just on you. Yeah. Um, I think this particular one took a little bit of effect, and hopefully, Richard can join us and, and discuss it because you got to be twenty-one to gamble at a slot machine, mm-hmm. and likely three quarters of the team is not 21. So what are you promoting? And again, let let me read you Richard's tweet. Richard tweeted this out and was picked up by multiple places who are writing stories. You know, VegasSlotsOnline.com is the story that I'm reading right now. But Richard wrote, having underage UNLV students celebrate by playing a slot machine on national television has to be an image that Las Vegas tourism loves. One wonders if the faculty and administration of UNLV want their image as an institution of higher learning shaped by underage gambling. 
I mean, you can see how some people are just going to say, that sounds like an old guy that don't get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Tweets were get off my lawn. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, you know, yelling at the clouds, you know, right. gifts and all gift. that other stuff. <laughs> right. The, you so can true. see it. But, I mean, on the other end of it, you know, we've talked about what all this can bring with the gambling and stuff now being mm-hmm. so f- – it used to be in the back. Now it's in the front. And <laughs> – yeah. It's, it's in our faces <laughs> nonstop. And between the commercials and the this and the that, is it enough? And now we got UNLV games. When something good happens on defense, they're going to go crank the slot machine. And jackpot. Somebody, you know, seven years old. We got we got kids that are eight. They're going to go, hey, those are just like the machines in the casinos. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You know. Blah, 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 blah. And it becomes like, just part of your life. It is. But I, again, this goes, no, I don't want to open this back up again, but I still think that gambling should be 18. So I just, I just think that, you know, we, we, we send kids to war at 18 and we say they can't drink and they can't gamble. It's an arbitrary number. We just put, we picked it out of thin air. But can they smoke? Yes. 18. Yeah. 18. Yes. You could smoke. They can smoke. They, they, they can get as much tobacco as they want. Walk right. in and get a pound of tobacco, whatever you want, you can right. have. Right. And I'm not, I'm not for 18 for cannabis. So that's probably, I think 21 is a good, good age for cannabis, but for gambling and for alcohol, I guess I'm being hypocritical with that. I guess everything should be 18, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we just have arbitrary numbers that at 19, you can't handle this. And at 21, you can handle this. And I know plenty of 25-year-olds who can't, who couldn't handle their liquor and couldn't handle gambling and couldn't handle... But I knew 16-year-olds that were completely comfortable <laughs> handling their alcohol and had no problem doing it and were good and knew when to stop and knew you know what their limits were and whatnot. Right. So it's just we have arbitrary numbers. And so like for UNLV, it puts them in a very difficult spot because the law is the law. Right. I mean, we have the law, so right. it doesn't matter what Matt Peralt thinks. It matters what the law says. The law says you got to be 21 to gamble and 21 to drink. And so these kids are not 21 and yet they are partaking. Like, for instance, could you imagine if somebody did this for a parlay? Switch this out for a parlay, not a jackpot, but a parlay. Oh, we're going to see that. I'm just saying, could you do oh, like no. interception oh, check, God. touchdown check, game win check? Here's your parlay card. I mean, I'm just saying, like, how would we feel? Would we feel differently about the slot machine if it turned into a turnover parlay card? Different? I'm not, I, I don't want to ever see that. But, like, <laughs> you know, you could make it. Oh, see, we're going to give somebody an idea. But you could say, uh, on a sideline, like a a parlay card or a prop bet, like you know, will the will the quarterback throw an interception? Yes, and go over and like check the box. Fumble recovery check. Oh, gosh, you know, sack check. Like you could do it. You could literally have a parlay card. You could have a defensive parlay card and have the defensive coordinator, and you get to run over and slap the check mark down on what the team did. And then at the end, it's like celebration. Hey, you won the game, and it's hey, you hit the parlay. You could literally do that. It's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, it's really like it's it's it, you could do it like a book. Well, all, all of it's out the window. Like, do it. 
No, I'm not saying to do it, but you could do it. It would actually get the kids jacked up. Like 100%. that would be, that would be yes. Everybody it's loves checklists. Like, it's almost like the Saints bounty thing. Right. Like you, you just different different yeah. type of connotation. But hey, whoever gets the the pick gets to go put the first check on the parlay card on the. Yeah, here are here are. I mean, defensively, we know coaches do that anyway. Like we know they do that. We we know that they right. say, "Here's what we want, guys. I want five sacks. I want two forced fumbles. I want one interception. I want to hold them to less than a hundred yards rushing, and I want to win." Boom, 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 boom. You just go ahead and and, and run the whole thing down and the, and the, run the whole checklist down. Now oh, you just make man. it public. Now you're just making it publicized and putting up a big parlay card. I, don't, I mean, I guess I think people might feel differently about if we did that versus a slot machine, but it's gambling. Gambling's gambling. So, I mean, you know, it's a fake slot machine. Gorov just said it. Like everybody that needs to chill a little bit, like coming over the top with it. But, um, oh, there's our, I can see our guy in the green room. That's good to know. That's good. He fixed this thing. So we'll have him ready. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'll be interested to see what Richard said. I mean, he, you know, he, he has the benefit of reflection. We'll be able to, to get it from another guy's point of view. It went viral. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's one eyeballs on, on stuff. It went, it's it went all over the place. It started last year and no one talked about it. Correct. But because well, it happened in week zero where nothing was going on, really, the competition was so dumbed down that now everyone saw it. And I mean, Cofield's video has been viewed 2.5 million times. That's good for him. million times. It's unbelievable. All right. We got Richard Schutz in the back. Richard is an international gaming and regulatory expert helping us to kind of talk about this a little bit. Again, full disclosure, I do work for UNLV. I teach a class there. So I do have a tie to the university, but this is a very interesting topic. Richard, Matt, and Dave, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can hear you. I got my I I got a special hat just you know for you to make sure you feel at home. So that's good. You know, I was on the phone this morning at eight in the morning, five year time at, with Roxy, and uh, he was in Phuket, and uh, and we were both without hats. So uh, oh wow, I've never seen Roxy Roxborough without a hat. That'd be a scene. Whoa, <laughs> nobody does hat like Roxy. That's <laughs> believe me. I'm trying my best. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to follow in his footsteps. Um, so, it's first of all, it's great to see you. Great to have you. And you know, make sure the next time you talk to Roxy, tell him that we both said hello and that he can come on the show. It would require a different time change and stuff to get him on the show, but we definitely want to talk to him. <laughs> you were pick him to just make it on the show. I made the number. All right, and I have made bad <laughs> numbers as well, but. We we asked for your email address and it still says AOL.com, Richard. So that's the first thing we got to get out of the way. How the hell do you still have an AOL.com email address? Well, you know, if it's not broke, you don't fix it. <laughs> I, I, you know, it seems to be working quite well all along here. And uh, I didn't have to teach a bunch of my slow friends, not that you would be included in that group, of course, <laughs> as to put a new email address and not send it to the old one. But it's been working. I had a funny situation. I, I was talking to a woman just it was a few months ago, and I said, she asked for my email address for some business purpose. And I said, I'll show you how old I am. I said, I have an AOL address. And she said, well, uh, Richard, 
I have an AOL address. Oh. <laughs> so you gotta be careful how you <laughs> how you use that. Match made right there. Combination. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what happened on the sidelines for UNLV in your tweet, which is picked up by numerous different outlets. I've seen it now in three different stories where people are looking at you as the, as the expert, the regulatory expert and, and asking, okay, what does this mean when a university has a slot machine being played by football players who are generally under the age of 21? Now it is legal to gamble in Nevada. So it's not like we're not in a legalized gambling state, but what about that video jumped out to you? Well, I, I look, and, and the first, I think the first retweet on that was from Keith White, who was uh, who very much embraced it, who's the executive director of the National Council on Problem Gambling. And, and one of the things, I started dealing cards for Bill Hare in 1971. You know, I'm now in my 51st year, and, and this is an industry that I am very proud to be associated with, and one of which has been terribly rewarding. I've been able to live in China and Switzerland and Bermuda and around the world. I've had the opportunity to work for Steve Wynn, Sheldon Adelson, the senior executives, Bill Boyd, Lyle Berman, and on and on and on. And one of the things that we need to do is we need to pay attention to certain things. We need to make sure this is a sustainable industry. And you don't make it a sustainable industry by doing things that are foolish. And one only needs to go, and I spend a lot of time overseas. I, I think Dave knows that. Um, and, and you've seen the way that they marketed athletics and stuff like that, and they're now paying the price for that. They're paying it in spades. You know, everything from being able to advertise during the times of the games to the emblems on uniforms and stuff like that. So you need to be a little careful. UNLV, I suggest, needs to be extraordinarily careful in, in, in that regard. And, and, and let me tell you a little bit of the backstory. But, but anyway, I think in responsible gambling, we, we want to be real careful when we glamorize or sensationalize or romanticize gambling to people that are underage. I mean, one could argue, why don't we just put a whole shot of pretend alcohol over there and they could run over after turnover and do a shot of what pretends to be whiskey. Now, that could be really clever and really cool. But it probably would sensationalize and romanticize the drinking of alcohol. I'm not against gambling, but would you want to do this? If you went to your ninth graders or 10th grader school and they got a reward for the best grade, got to pull a slot machine or roll the dice, that may be going a bridge too far. And going back to the point, with UNLA, it's, it's really relevant. And Oh, it wants to work, and then it's it just a, it's a slow connection. I'll, I'll I'll bring him back in a second. He's still here. Okay. So okay. okay. Super. Once it, once the connection gets gets better, we'll go ahead and do this. Well, yep. Why is Chef Benny mad about my hat? Chef Benny's a Boston guy. Oh, I think I, I, I think we got him back. There we go. There we go. Oh, I, I don't know where you lost me. Well, I, I mean, from where UNLV me. needs to be extremely careful. Is, yeah, you is, got is, the it. UNLV part. Why specifically? I mean, and listen, you lived here a long time. You you traveled the world. You've been, you've seen gambling from a lot of different respects. Does does UNLV, in your opinion, have a higher standard? Yes. Of burden of proof. Why? Yes, because in, and I'll go back now, 
Lloyd Daniel, probably one of the biggest basketball recruits of all time, brought in by a guy by the name of Richard Carey, okay, brought into to Tarkanian, filmed at a crack house, okay? That was a bad story, a terrible story. Okay, Richard Perry also has another name he goes by, and it's Richard the Fixer Perry. And Richard the Fixer Perry goes by that name because he was twice convicted of fixing one a horse race and another one was a Massachusetts basketball game. After the second national championship UNLV basketball team, there was a pitcher in May of 1991 on the front page of the Las Vegas Review Journal that went across the country. It had Richard Berry in a sauna, <laughs> hot tub, hot tub. three players from the UNLV team. That was, you'll notice it before that time, what was the status of athletics in Nevada? The number one team in the nation. What's happened since then? And that was a, a line of demarcation, you know? That, to a large extent, that association with illegal gambling and a fixer and, and all the press of that went around the world. So Nevada needs to be sensitive to that because they've never been able to recover. I think what's their basketball teams do now? They, they went about half the games of the season. Their football game, I think, has won three games in the last two seasons, if you include the, the game the other day. Right. So it, it's no longer and, – and when – Kids make a decision to go to a college. It's not like, Dad, I want to go here. That dad is involved in that decision. That lawyers are probably involved in that decisions and other experts. And he says, I want to go to Vegas. Well, you know, they've had some real problems there. What they have? Well, they had, <laughs> you know, the national championship basketball team associating with a guy that was he was quite close to fixing games and gambling and right. stuff like that. And, and, and so where are you going to want to send your kid? Probably Kansas or Texas. You know, you're going to be real careful. And so to glamorize and romanticize gambling beyond that becomes a little bit of a, a foolish endeavor. The other thing is, is I doubt that Harvard's thinking, boy, I wish we'd come up with that. I doubt that Stanford <laughs> thinks, man, we got to get in on this. You, you know, Fair. this is not how... You know what? And, and, and this is a story, and Matt, you will like this story. I was the consultant to the governor of the state of California and also the legislature when I was on their commission. And in 90, excuse me, 2015, we had a hearing. Roderick Wright, who is probably the smartest guy in gambling in California, he headed the committee in the Senate, California Senate, on sports betting. This was before PASPA was passed. And Everybody was in this room and it was just great. We were talking about the 40 million people in California and the billions of dollars that was going to be raised in sports betting. And it was this was our initiative to get it here. And two gentlemen walked in. One was from Stanford, one was from the University of California in the hearing meeting, and I'm sitting there. And, and, and understand, University of California and Stanford probably contribute 90% of the brain power and a huge amount of financing for the politicians and, and, okay. and whatnot. And you know what they said? We have, between the two of us, over 200 Nobel Prizes between our students and our faculties. We want our emphasis to be on our academic excellence. We don't want our school to be about gambling. 
So we don't want to be involved in your little program and gambling. And a lot of people now, you know, you'll notice the Indians didn't put it in Proposition 26. That's because Stanford doesn't want it. Because Stanford wants mm -hmm. to talk about, we got Nobel Prize. We are the number one, number two, or number three school in the nation. And they don't want to talk about, oh, there was fixing in a game. Yeah, but Richard, <laughs> there's a lot of money in it, apparently, <laughs> in this gambling thing. And... <laughs> A lot of companies are using that as a way in to uh, other things, iGaming and things like that. And you've seen a lot of this. So for the people that are like, hey, this old guy's coming on saying, oh, this is th this gambling is an issue. You know, when it feels like the onslaught is coming, this train is rolling. This is a snowball rolling downhill. Sports gambling is it. What do you say to those people? I agree. I'm saying the colleges don't get involved in pushing it. They don't become advocates for this necessarily. You know, that's mm. not their job. But how do you they know? say no to the money? Like Colorado has points bet as their official gaming provider of the university. How do they say no? If they need the money, how do they say no to the money that's being offered? No one's telling anybody to say no in the, in the money, but if, if they put points bets on, their, on uh, across the Buffalo jerseys on the right. football team, that's a bridge too far. You know, if, if, they, if they're going to go play a, if you're going to have a turnover parlay for points <laughs> bet, you know, that's a bridge too far. That's so, definitely a bridge too far. It's but, a good idea, but it's a bridge too far. You can't do Matt, it. I don't, I don't know if, that you knew this, but, you know, I used to oversee the Stardust book back in the day when that was a material event. You, you know, it's not like I don't appreciate betting, but the colleges should not be in the position of encouraging gambling. It, it's just, it's a bad positioning for the school. And, and, and for UNLV, it's particularly bad because I think that their involvement with bank gambling, especially with the, um, with, with the event on the uh, the sauna. You know, one of those tweets I got yesterday is the only image that could have been worse than the one they used would have been a hot tub. You, you, you know, and this is someone, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> this is someone that knew the history of that. Right. Universities well, should focus on, this is what we do to our students. This we provide is, this a safe is what's... environment. We provide them an educational environment. We have top knowledge people. And, you know, Nevada has that. And all of a sudden, you, you, you know, you look at that International Gaming Institute, these are brilliant people there that the university has assembled. You think they're saying, yeah, let's go back to the schools to underage people and have gambling devices. And, and, and you know, I'm sure they're not. You, well, you see, know, that's this is just bad judgment. That's the other thing that I think is being lost in this rush to get it in front of people that may or may not have done it is that there's no look back at the history of it. I mean, you have seen the history of it. You were a part of the history of it, being the the director of the sports book and in charge of Roxy and Scotty and making sure that all <laughs> regulations were, were being followed best you could. But you were a gambling joint. I mean, that was you were taking bets back in the day. My initial trip to Las Vegas required me with the guy that you know brought me from Pittsburgh. You're going to go to the Stardust. And we're going to sit and watch. I'm going to show you how all of this works. I was reading about it as a teenager, and that was my introduction to it. So you know the history. I know the history. Matt knows the history. There's a lot of – I mean, there's a great um, guy at UNLV. David Schwartz is, is a tremendous historian in the gambling stuff. Unbelievable is that all historian. being lost, Richard? 
I think so. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean look, Roxy's in my discussion was this morning about a book we're putting about for the pioneers of gambling, of which Roxy's one and a whole bunch of others. And David Schwartz was going to be one of the authors to, to that book, you know, and, I, and I'm writing a chapter on Scott Shetler and, and, and things of that sort. We love this history. You, you know, we think that, you know, David Schwartz is a quality historian that you won't find. His work on the sands, his work on seizures, his work on um, the, the Las Vegas Strip. You know, I mean, I mean, this guy's brilliant. He wants to be known for his academic achievements. You know, he is a historian's historian, you know, and, and they don't want to be they want to be known as a first class teaching and research institution. They don't want to be known as a place that's got slot machines on the football sidelines. And that's the story about UNLV. See, my only question to though would be they've got the gambling institute though, Richard. I mean, that they've made their the hospitality institution and the gambling innovation that UNLV is a part of. I mean, I, I can just hear because I've talked to people because I teach my journalism class. We we've talked a lot about the combination of doing gambling, gambling media and broadcasting and how that's look look at this show. It's just it's the melding of the two, it's the mixing of the two with media and gambling and betting. That some people at UNLV might not say that that they might say we're okay with being known as the gambling university in America. It would be interesting for y'all to, to do a survey and say, David Schofield, are you proud that the way that your university is being positioned with a slot machine being offered to underage people on the sideline? Are you proud, if Bo Bernard, you, you, you know some of the, those people that are doing Breda Barbanal, you, you know Jan Jones, my ex-wife um, and, and dear friend. Um, and and uh, Becky Harris, you know, you know, is that where is? Do you think they're saying, yeah, we got to get more slot machines on football sidelines for people <laughs> that are underage? That that's well, we how see we more. We might see more. There's gambling slot machines all over the country now. You're in Pennsylvania. You got more slot machines there than we do here, most likely. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Penn State's going to go down that road. They better not. <laughs> they better not. I I, I, I bet that no. They, they're not. Gonna you know, go. and. Uh, Look, I mean, this. I mean, somebody. I mean, some of these people. Look, I got a lot of neat notes. You, you know, I heard from the National Council of Problem Gambling and people from around the country. You, you know, they said, "Thanks, Richard. This wasn't an easy thing you did, but thanks." You know, we can't romanticize because there's a downsize. To right. I think is. Internet just cut out, but I think we lost him. But that was a good place to stop. Thank you, Richard Schultz. Uh, Schultz coming on. That was phenomenal. Follow him on Twitter. His Twitter was on at Schultz INC on Twitter uh, here on the Bostonian versus the book. Here's my only thing and why I brought that up to him, David, is because I have had these conversations with people at UNLV who think that UNLV needs to embrace the gambling more, not less. Wait. We're not seeing Hold on. Yeah, hold on one second. We'll we'll bring you back in real quick, Richard. Right. There, there we, we go. go. Okay. Now we're yeah. back. So I you know, I forgot of all the things I've lost, on my mind the most. <laughs> I forgot that my, my well, point. No, we were gonna wrap it up. Yeah. I mean, we were gonna wrap it up, but you know, Matt was leading into the transition that, you know, UNLV, there's people there that think that they should embrace it. And we're talking about the history and, and, and I mean, and David Schwartz again, does a great job with that. And I have never actually met him, but we've communicated about possibly books and stuff. I've saw it on the offshore part of it. 
That was the other thing. The last thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, the offshore industry exists, but the people here are pretending like it doesn't. And I think you need, if you're going to embrace the whole history, you need to embrace that as well. And at least acknowledge that it's there. It's still there and part of the business, at least in the sports betting. And I don't know if they're doing that. You know, I I, I don't either. The the offshore business, it's not. There's a lot of offshore businesses. One of them is pharmaceuticals. I did an article about that recently, you you, you know, um, and, and that they've never been able to fix that. When you look at something like sports betting, and I was in California, and I remember 50% of the food for the United States is grown in California. We have 200 million tourists a year and stuff like that. So when you go down all these lists, you, you know, gambling doesn't fall in the top 25 items. And they always wonder why we aren't, you know, excited about it. In California, the the state has the fifth highest gross domestic product in the world, larger than India, larger than the UK. It's a big state. You know, you know, no one's losing sleep in the in the notion that oh my God, there's people betting offshore. You, you, you know, this is not right. one of the biggest ailments that that affects the United States today. And 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 what I think we forget you know, that because and, we're in the space. That's right. We're in this space. And, and, and you know what? The, the best way to fight the offshore is to offer competitive, competent, well-served markets. And I have found that we are not That's doing it. that in a lot of places. You know, I mean, if you want to fight markets right. work, <laughs> you know, and the, and the fact that people are relying markets on the work. offshore market is 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 telling you that, look, we're not doing a very good job of, of serving these markets, you know, and it's not because it's still, you know, Hey, we're going to let in, you in go a lot of places. Right. Always a pleasure. Richard, thank you. Thank you for coming on. We'll do this again soon. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, sir. Okay. Doc. Bye. That that's Richard shoots joining us here on the bus University of the book, a really interesting and fun conversation about the industry and a guy who's seen way more about all this than I could ever dream of in terms of the ins and the outs of how we got to this place in the post paps, world and UNLV having a slot machine on the sidelines. It's going to be a really interesting conversation for the next five years, Dave, because you and I off the air have talked a lot about what's happening in England and how England did it wrong and they're paying the price and America is doing the same thing and the same mistakes yep. that were made over there. Yep. And I mean, you know, Zach, the hat can tell us all about the differences over there in terms of the way that gambling is done there. And now we're the way gambling is being done here. And we are doing the same things. We're having the same problems and politicians are now talking to their UK comp- you know, compatriots and saying, Hey, what happened with you guys? And what did you do to fix it? And now people are going, well, maybe we need to do the same thing. And that would be, I mean, it's still illegal to advertise gambling to underage people. So what does a turnover slot machine, what is it? Is it an advertisement? Is it a, you know, is it a reward? Is it an endorsement? Is it, you know, some capitulation that this is, uh, you know, the university is saying this is what we are. I just know in my own, with my conversations, there are people who are at UNLV who do not, who won't be bothered by the slot machine. There are people at the higher, higher learning perspective, the graduate schools and the people who are really concerned about what does, when I put UNLV up on my wall, what does that mean? 
what what does it carry that they are concerned about that that they don't want to be known as right. the the university that completely endorses gambling at every level the, the, yeah the the university with a slot machine on the sideline that the yeah. kids come pull when they get a they get a fumble or an interception yeah. <laughs> it's um richard used the term a bridge too far for a lot of people it is for other people it's just another day and i think what the unique thing about here is, is, I mean, we've had, I've been here 20 years. There's been slot machines in the grocery store for 20 years. Like it's normal for people to go, to go get gas and say, oh, I'm going to take a shot at the slot machine or, you know, the the video poke or whatever it is. They don't fill the car with gas because they had 200 on them and they went and played the machine and blew it and left without getting the gas. Like I've seen that. A lot of times. But here's the one thing the chat's bringing up, and I think that they're completely right. So Richard made the analogy that would you be okay with the university allowing a turnover shot where a kid would then run to the sidelines and take a shot or a pretend shot of alcohol as an underage 21-year-old person? Well, if we're worried about the image being projected to young people or the image that's being represented, we would need to pull every alcohol ad off the screen right because every sign in the place yeah it's all over the place every two seconds we're advertising all sorts of things that are 21 plus correct in the arena outside the arena on radio on tv all so i my i guess that's a very good point to add richard brought it up he's the one that opened the door to it by saying you know would i be okay with it i guess i would be okay with it because well, we are, aren't we? I mean, we're. I mean, we're we're immune to it. I remember seeing tobacco ads. I'm old enough to remember when tobacco ads were on the sh- on on TV. Yeah. You know, um, I think it was Earl Campbell was the first one I saw uh, a a pinch between a cheek and gum. You oh, know, yeah, right? Was that was like normal? That was what George Brett. Um, you know, for that stuff and. Uh, Red Man was a was a regular part of every broadcast, like 100. And then they had to get that away. I think somebody has to figure out where to meet in the middle with the bridge. And right now, the money's flowing. They're not turning down ad money. You know, that's the salaries think, are what they are because of these companies that right. spend all this money. And now you got to pick and choose and be the be the moral compass. This is what my I I I know someone I know somebody at UNLV that would say this if they were on the air and they wouldn't say it publicly, but they would say Richard compared UNLV to Stanford and Cal. Completely you, different places. UNLV will never planet. be Stanford and Cal. Completely different planet. They don't it's not they don't the same solar system. Yeah, they, I mean, they just don't run in the same circles ever. I mean, UNLV is not UNLV sees itself as a city institution that's going to feed the strip. I mean, the vast majority of UNLV people who graduate go and work for strip casinos. They go do right. a variety of things with accounting, marketing, or they go work in other other states. Yes, that in the now same have field. expanded. They're feeding. Yes. They've taken the, the expertise of working and feeding the strip with with employees, mm-hmm. fine-tuned it, and now when that casino opens up in Council Bluffs, Iowa, right. they have a graduate of the program who's interned and done everything in the MGM Mirage right here in town, 
and they can go there and be a step ahead. So that's right. their strength. Yeah. Not trying to win Nobel Prize. It's not that they're. I mean, no, it'd be great. Different, different universities value different things. UNLV. Right. It embraces its diversity. It embraces its hospitality connection to the city of Las Vegas. I mean, they right. want to represent the city. Yeah. So people would say, wait a minute, what is the one thing that is most synonymous with Las Vegas? That's gambling. Right. I mean, so we can't turn our back on the thing that the, that the entire city is based upon. And then, so the kids are embracing it with a little fun, little tongue in cheek, run oh, over, yeah. pull their slot machine down, yeah. celebratory type of thing. And are they really gambling? No. Is there real no. money there? No. No. But I mean, I think we'd be idiots if we think our kids don't see things on a daily basis that they know they can't partake in. I mean, my kid's <laughs> eight, my kid is eight years old and she's mad. She can't go to Circa. Like she's legitimately, she wants to talk to Derek Stevens. Like she wants, she asked me one time, who do I have to talk to, to get into Circa? And I said, well, Derek Stevens. She said, when can I talk to him? Yeah. I said, you're eight years old. You can't talk to Derek Stevens. But that's yeah. who she wants to talk to because she wants to ask him, why can I come to your casino? Like, I think I should be allowed to come in. I'm eight years old. Why can I come in? And she doesn't get, she doesn't get any of that stuff. But that's... It's, it's one of the strengths and downfalls of living here. It's all open. It's all in your face. I will never forget having to explain... The billboards when my daughters were very young, they're like, why is she wearing almost no clothes, daddy, right there? Like on that thing. What is that? What does that place do? Treasures? Uh, Experiment what? Can you get gum there? No. They don't sell no gum. Is it a zoo? Peppermints and rhinos and and, and rhinoceroses? Uh -uh. (laughs) Nope. Nope. And it's everywhere. It's on the radio. It's on yeah. the billboards. It's on the TV. They're driving billboards around. You can say, oh, don't go down there. You can keep them away from it. It's everywhere. So I want my kid to see it. I want Madeline I'm to okay see it. I'm okay with it, too, because I, that's I, the way I was brought up. Like, yeah, it me, was, too. It was, like, it was, it don't was, hide her. I don't want yeah, to hide her from the world. This is what exists. This Ask a question. It. It's my job as her father to explain and keep you away from that thing. Exactly. Or tell you what it is. And when you get old enough, you're going to make your own decisions anyway. Right. I hope you make the right ones. That's what my job right. on this earth is, is to hope you learn enough from me and your surroundings that you will make better decisions than not. Everybody makes bad decisions too. So I think to to obligate um, a football team to be the moral compass of how they celebrate turnovers, that's a bridge too far. It's I would like, agree with you. You know, like this is what it is. What did you want them to do? Do you have a better idea? Nobody has any better ideas. This is this is something that just morphed into something. And now with social media and being in the gambling space, everybody's looking to get you, gotcha, this, that. Look, they're doing this. Hold on. Relax. Everybody take a deep breath. Nobody's on any bridges. Nobody's <laughs> going too far. Nobody's coming back. You know, nobody's relax. Everybody just calm down. All right. Did you, did you see the mascot versus kids football game? <laughs> did you see this? No, I so, saw the links that you sent when I did the thing. So this is at the, this is at halftime of the Falcons game. So blooper is this mascot. Is it blooper is the mascot for yeah. the Falcons? Uh, for the Braves, for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, Atlanta Braves. Okay. Blooper. So they yeah, had, yeah. 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 It was yeah. halftime of the Braves game. Yeah. Okay. okay. So blooper is there. Blooper ran through these kids like Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. 
Blooper's a beast. He stiff-armed these kids. He blew them up. Fair or foul for a mascot to run through kids who are wearing football equipment? Um, it's good. It's good comedy. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to tell the kids you're going to take them out. You got to go low. Blooper's a big dude. You got to go low. He's going to run you over. So, um, I love the mascot stuff. I just I just tweeted this morning. Uh, Tommy Lasorda fighting the Philly fanatic. It's phenomenal. It's, it's just fantastic. The stiff as far as the little kid, kids, is it too much? What do you <laughs> no, think? It's awesome. I think it's great. It's, it's great. Beat the shit out of them. Beat the hell out of them. Dude, I, I love it. They, they, they aren't going to get hurt. They're you wearing, might have just went over a bridge too far. What they're are you wearing doing? helmets. Beat the kids up. They're wearing helmets. They're wearing gear. They're trying to tackle the mascot. Beat the shit out of them. It's phenomenal. I loved it. It was absolutely <laughs> The video of this, I watched it like 50 times. This blooper coming over and just decking the kids and stepping <laughs> over the kids. I couldn't get enough of this video. I love oh. this video. It is it is so good. This Speaking is the of going one, low. I didn't see this one. I, oh. I, I saw the Poe one. Where's Poe? Okay. So here's speaking of going low. <laughs> Poe is playing soccer at halftime. For the people that don't know, Poe is the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens mascot, owed to Edgar Allan Poe, a writer. Go ahead. Kid goes low, snaps the guy's ACL. <laughs> Kid tackles Poe, playing Adam soccer, boy. comes in and slides tackles him, going low. Poe blows his ACL. Poe is out oh. for the year. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is phenomenal. I love this. This kid takes out the mascot. He's got a story for the rest of his life. You know, you know that mascot got carted off the field with, with the gator? Yeah, that yeah. was me. That was me. I, yeah, that was me. I got Look him. Me. I got him. That was me. I did that. <laughs> I took him out. <laughs> so good. Listen, uh, that's that's good. I actually I saw that. I read it. And they they played it up. They they did a good job with it. He had to be carted off the field, and you know they took a picture of him after with the big ice pack on his leg. Yeah, well, he needs to have surgery. He needs never surgery. took his mask off. Held no. true to the to Form. the whole thing. So you know. Blooper got the best of the kids. This kid got the best of Poe. If you're going to be a mascot and you're going to play with the kids, you got to understand you may take, they may take you down. You got to, you, you got to know that's coming. Take you out. Take you out. <laughs> a little yeehaw, a little yeehaw on it. A little yeehaw on it. <laughs> We're going to go take, take the kids out. A little yeehaw beer. Uh, okay. Let's get to Brady. Tom Brady spoke to the media over the weekend and the conspiratorial rumor mills are flying after this Man. picture. It is everywhere. Yeah. Brady said I'm 45 years old. A lot of shit going on right now. It's right. People are saying Tom Brady had a major issues with his family or B plastic surgery. His Can face both. It could be both. His face looks totally different. His what face looks, I don't know what his hair is doing. I don't know what his head's doing. I don't know what his chin is doing. Brady is morphing like some like 75-year-old actress in Hollywood. It's getting to be like, you're not recognizable anymore. What are you doing? At some point, like I hope somebody finds out and just like just say yeah i had some work done like some i mean that's just <laughs> some how do you reconstruct your f entire face in 2 weeks he was gone 11 days right like 
I don't know. Maybe it was just a, he needed his little nip tuck something. I don't know. Maybe it went wrong. I mean, right now, Araldis Chapman is on the IL because of a tattoo infection. He got a yeah, tattoo. Maybe don't do that like, during the season. Like, maybe not get the tattoo during the season. Like, you're a tattoo right. guy. I don't got yep. no tattoos, but like, don't do that know. during the season. Yep. I agree. Chapman, listen, like, we're trying to get the one seed here. <laughs> get the tattoo after. What are you doing? Don't get it with some guy who you know. I mean, it was probably something like a party. Like he was probably at like a, a party or something. And someone was like, hey, man, want a tattoo? I was like, yeah, sure. And got infected because it's an open wound. A tattoo is an open wound. You got to be clean. He's in a clean environment when you get a tattoo. But Brady, I mean, this 11 days going, being gone, coming back, saying oh, got a lot of shit going on. He looks different. His hair is all messed up. Like this dude's got something. There's something not good going on right now with Tom Brady. Like there's something a little weird happening with Brady. And I mean, there's days when I get dressed and I don't even think about it. And then it turns out it means something like later, like whatever. But like he's wearing that forever Mm. sweatshirt. Mm. That was just what he picked to wear that day that he was going to talk to the media. Like we are together forever. That's what I thought of. Like there got to be something going on. Like he is showing her, you know, things like that. I don't know. I, I, I just know that he's so calculated in everything that he does. Every single thing he does is thought about before he does it. You never catch him off guard. No, he's and, got, look, the, back to the Raiders conversation that we had with him coming here. It made perfect sense because he wants to be more in his son's life. His son is getting to an age where being around him more and more is important. Right. Brady wants to be in his 14-year-old son's life. I would be as a 45-year-old guy. Right. You know, what he's, hey, my, I want my dad at my football game. Hey, I want my dad at my scrimmage. I want my dad at whatever, my my whatever I'm doing, plays, acting, Whatever thing I got going on, I want my dad there. And his dad's not there. And so his dad might be Tom Brady, but Tom Brady on a TV set is not dad in the living room helping me get through the first girl I like or helping me get through the fact that I'm, I'm standing out and I'm different at school. And I, you know, my best friend and I aren't getting along. And I need help. How do I talk to my best friend? Like just the shit that kids go through, man. Yeah. And Brady knows that he wants to be there. So him being in, in Vegas would be easy back and forth to LA much more in the kid's life. He could have done whatever he wanted here. No one would have batted an eye. Oh, Brady's missing one practice a week. Who cares? It's Brady. He can go with me with his kid. So that's why I bought it entirely that he was going to come here because he had made it clear that being in his children's lives and being not an absentee father, but in their life was important to him. Yeah. Then he goes to Tampa. He stays on the East coast He's still, a, I don't care how fast your private jet is, you're still a three-hour flight away from your kid, different time zone entirely. So when you're going to bed at 11 o'clock, your kid is, you know, just getting home for practice and whatnot. It's hard. It's two, two different worlds you're living on practically. So I, I totally get what's going on, and I totally see it now because he made promises, and he keeps on playing. <laughs> he just won't stop, and people are probably getting mad. Well, it's, it's, it's hard because to get to where you, where he got to, it had to be such a level of commitment and he doesn't know nothing else. So now 
Your body starts to hurt a little bit more, although if he keeps drinking his TB12 stuff, he looks like he's reversing in age. He's changing. He's literally doesn't look like the same person he looked like even five years ago yep. that he did when he came into the league. He's completely morphed. And, and people change. That's okay. He is There's definitely still, something going he's on. He's so thin. Like, oh, he is so thin. I remember the first time I saw him, I thought he was so thin. And now he's even more thin than when he right. was even then. Right. I mean, I haven't probably seen him for six years, but I mean, he's, he's really, really, he's really tall and he's really thin. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. Six, he's legit six, six. I mean, he's a legit, he's a tall dude. He's a big guy and he's really thin. And now with the hair and I don't know what's going on. Like, is it, is it, um, this is his last year has to be right. It feels that it feels incredibly like this is it this it really it really feels like this is it my first thoughts were this after i saw it i've watched it a couple times and i mean i got respect for the guy i i I always have and i i respect what you know exactly what he said there's a lot of shit going on and i i say that all the time people i met so many people this weekend and you know whatever and, and you always you can't walk in another man's shoes until you put yourself in them and then you see it but i thought this is his last year and Tampa ain't winning the Super Bowl. No. Those were the two things I immediately thought. I was like, all right, who's winning that NFC? I'm going to look at maybe the odds. and Because I'd be thinking like that. I mean, I can't help but think that way because being in a book, I'm like, yeah, they ain't winning the Super Bowl. He just, he's got other things on his mind and, and it's going to take, I can't believe they're the odds on favorite in the NFC. I can't. It's Todd Bolt on top of that. It's Todd Bolt. I mean, it's just, it's everything would have to go perfectly for it to happen. Because it's Todd Bowles, it's Brady, it's a first year together, no Gronk. Godwin may come back, we don't know. Defense is going to be good. Offensive line, they've lost three offensive linemen. They lost a fourth one over the weekend in their last preseason game. Yeah, I, no. Anybody but. I would, if you, you right. can, Tampa, Tampa or the field, I'm taking the field. Carl says that all the time. Carl picks a team or two and does these hashtags. Anybody but. They ain't winning. I, 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 I Say it right now, it's August 29th. It's 11.26 a.m. Pacific. Tampa ain't winning the Super Bowl. Just not happening. I I would agree with that. A couple things. 16 games on Thursday, eight games on Friday. So for me... you don't delineate between the regular games and the FCS games? Like you just say 16 games. That's all. Can I I bet on them? You can so then 16 games. Fair. <laughs> 16, <laughs> it's 16 games on the board, eight games on Friday. Yep. I just need to get through these next three days. I just need to get through. <laughs> and then I'm done. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, one game Sunday, one game Monday. And then I'm back on Tuesday, unfortunately, having to bet baseball on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, but I can pretty much, if I get to Thursday, I can pretty much go on a five day win, a five day run and not bet baseball. Yeah, but you can do what you did this past week and bet a game for Thursday or Friday or Saturday on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Because better to book it is now only one game because Tony Gonsolin just went on the IL. (laughs) So my one bet for today is now voided because I was on the Dodgers run line against the Miami Marlins. Oh. 
with Gonzalez against Lopez. I do bet. I don't bet action. I bet with the it, it, it matters to me. I bet Gonzalez. Yeah. It matters who was pitching. So I bet Gonzalez versus Lopez and Gonzalez has been scratched and he's going on the IL. So my bet will be voided. Nice. So now I don't have to worry about baseball. <laughs> oh, so okay. let's see what that affected that number because the Dodgers are the board. favorite today. Got to be off the board, right? Not For a little while. Just drops, that's all. No, it dropped a lot, but yeah. 170. Wow. Money line. From 250. And it was as high as 250. Yeah. Yeah. So down 170. Yeah. So that's, oh boy. M Grove is pitching today for the Dodgers. Whoever that is. So, what game are you watching tonight on this horrific Monday slate? Where is Where does your eye go for Major League Baseball today? I'll go back to this right now. We're going to be okay. watching. What game are you interested in watching? Because there's not a single game today I am interested in watching in baseball. There's eight games today. Yeah. And a light slate. Light slate. Eight games, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are favorites of minus 185 or more. The two games that aren't, one is Boston and Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the show's called Bostonian versus the book, but there's no chance in hell I'm watching the Red Sox (laughs) and the Twins. All right. No, <laughs> Nothing personal, Spence, and all you Twins fans. You're still alive, but I ain't watching that baseball game. The other one is the Padres and the Giants in San Francisco. Clevinger, Radon, under. I like the under in the game. I'll keep an eye on that one. But there's there's two games I'm most interested in. Okay. The Phillies are playing the Diamondbacks down in Arizona. The Phillies are coming on. They're yes, a gigantic they favorite today. They're beating everybody but the Mets. Everybody else. They can't beat the Mets to save their life, but they can beat everybody else. True. All right. But um, I actually, I'm entertaining the thought of going down there. Uh, Stott and I. On fire. To He's hook on fire. Up. He's killing the ball. Yeah. He's dumping water on these guys after the game, doing this sneaky little thing. It's, it's so much fun to watch baseball. But then when you actually know someone who's actually doing it, it's even yeah. more better. But um, I'm interested in that to see if that game, eight and a half, I'm leaning over. And the Phillies price right now across the board is minus 175, 180. How much higher can it get? Road favorite. Then the other one, another road favorite, is Yankees-Angels. That's why I got the Angels stuff on. The Yankees just lost 2 of 4 to the A's over the weekend, I believe it was. Or one 2 of 4 but yes, okay. Well, they were favored, $2 <laughs> favorites every day. It's about how you want to word it. You can word it lo- losing 2 of 4 also word it winning 2 of 4 but okay. How about split the series? <laughs> there you go. All right. How was that? Is it better? That's better. Yeah. All right. So they split the series against the A's. You can see where your mind is. Who are terrible. Terrible. The A's are terrible. The Angels are terrible. Historically bad offense for the A's. Suarez is pitching. Montes, Frankie Montes is pitching for the Yankees. He was good. Minus 175 as well. He was good last time out. He was really good. K prop went over. We had that. Darren had gave us that, I think. So. Um, no, we had the under. The we had under that game. He went over. We had the under in that. 
Oh, the bet was under, and he pitched under four and a half, and he stuck out the side in the second inning. (laughs) Killed that bet real early to go with the under. For the Midwest people, it's Toronto and Chicago today as well. They've been there for the football people. There's nothing on this slate today. That's a good night to catch up on some stuff. By the way, I watched that a lot of that Manti Teo. Oh, I'm, I'm beyond. Right, I, I, I have to watch it again. How about the first five minutes? I, I just, I mean, <laughs> I, it was just that I didn't, I was glad I had no idea. Nobody spoiled it for me because I'm, I was slack jawed. I was like, wait, what? Like, I just, I just same, couldn't same. I was like, oh my word. Okay. Buckle up. Yeah. That was, I remember being in a book and going, there ain't no chance in hell. That was one of the bigger bets I made in that period of time on Alabama. Yeah. They, they, Notre Dame had no shot. And, and they tried to make it about him. What pissed me off about that is they tried to make it like Manti Teo wasn't focused, so they lost by 40. I was like, it didn't matter if they had 15 Manti Teos on the field. Alabama was going to destroy Notre Dame in that game. It's funny because I thought the same thing. Like, at no point, no one that made the documentary went to actually look and go, you know, they were 16-point dogs. Like, they had no chance in hell. hell. Of winning that game. And where in the living hell was Brian Kelly? Where was the coach of Notre Dame in that documentary? Well, he probably didn't want to talk. Yeah, he should have. Well, all about I mean, family. We're all about family. Well, if you're all about family, well, then, hey, dude, guess what? One of your family is was having a hell of a thing happen to him, and you were nowhere? You left your athletic director to speak? Oh, well, Matt, you might not be able to speak. He coaches at LSU. He has no tie to Notre Dame. He wants to talk. Go, go talk. Well, then he, he didn't want to talk. Was coming out. He didn't want to talk. Of course he didn't want to talk. All about family. Baloney. Bunch of nonsense <laughs> these coaches preach and talk about. Yeah, it's all about family. You had a kid who was getting catfished like crazy, had his life ruined, was lonely, was isolated, was depressed, and was victimized under your watch. Ooh. I, I mean, mean, you talk, talk about man. like I watched that thing, and I mean, I have a kid who's going to be a sophomore in college. I have another one who's looking all over where to go in a country, and I'm thinking, wow, like how in the hell did he decide he wanted to go to SC when he was the guy doing who the told him that? The guy I, I watched it, I tweeted it. I was like, the guy who told him to go to Notre Dame. That guy needs like. I would never speak in public ever again. Horrible what that guy did. Such a bad match. And then he goes and he makes it work. I mean, he was the he was the yeah. runner-up to the Heisman as a defensive player in the whole time, basically on planet Mars, where he came from. And or he could have been winning championships at SC potentially. I mean, it just championships and all that's one thing. I get why he thought, all right, I'm gonna go make my own name and be my own person. But the struggles that go with that, where were these people behind him? The kid was making friends with people online because there was nothing going on there. Like you, that's why I think as parents and and people, you know, as a coach, I'm always asking the kids, I'm not worried about whether you can catch a ground ball right now or not. How, how are you? How right. school? Like, you know, because then you get them to open up and then they play better. Of course. Like, that's what you're them themselves. coaches. Right. 
And I, I was furious when I, when I saw that, I was so mad that he was all set to go. And, and then when he put the hat on at his, at his announcement ceremony, he looked depressed. He did look sad. I thought he, the same he, thing. He was, he was like, Oh, like you didn't want to go there. No, he went into Notre Dame depressed and only going to Notre Dame made it worse. He was depressed going there. Then it was cold. Then it was lonely. And he wanted some sense of normalcy. So he went looking for it online, which people do that all the time. Just back then, 10 years ago, we weren't all that familiar with it. I mean, catfishing, there was a show called catfishing. But now, you know, up to to the point, we hadn't really heard of that before happening to an individual. You know, the same thing like with online dating. Online dating for a long time was like this, like, oh, God, you're really online dating. And now everyone does it. It's like, oh, it's not a big deal. People going online trying to find people back 10, 15 years ago, trying to find some semblance of normalcy. Uh, you were lonely. You were a loser. Now, everyone does it. It's all they do. Instagram and TikTok. And they live their whole lives on their social media platforms. One time, we'll, we'll be able to tell the story of my, my online date turned stalker experience like it was stalker. Oh, just no. like right, she just she wanted story. a shot at the title way too soon. Like we were, <laughs> you know, and, and I just was like, listen, it was nice meeting you. I gotta go. And I thought I gotta get out of this apartment. Otherwise I ain't making it out. I told my dad Uh-oh. if I don't come back, <laughs> oh I was in trouble. I knew I was I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go I mean, right now. No, don't leave. No, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Like, Running. Out the door <laughs> while I can. I'm leaving. Yes. Uh, all right. Time now for the Omaha Steaks searing hot take of the day. And uh, this is BVB. OmahaSteaks.com. Go use promo code BVB for 12 Omaha free steak burgers, all American assortment, or build your own menu. You guys have been doing an awesome job with that. Thank you for the support. Job. Really, really appreciate this. Aaron Rodgers sat down with Joe Rogan. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. This Man, was. This was a wild experience. I've not watched the entire thing yet. I've watched bits and pieces of it, though. I will go and watch the whole thing. Rogers goes complete scorched earth on a variety of topics. <laughs> and I mean, he's taken this platform to go and take a flamethrower to a lot of people, the Packers, the NFL, a lot. But Ooh. I think the one thing that jumped out the most to me from this was that Aaron Rodgers admitted that he has played games while on Percocets high out of his mind. Mm. And they went and pulled an interview he did with Michelle Tafoye after a Sunday night football bears Packers game. And he talked about playing on Percocets during the game and the post game interview. He sounds high as a kite. Mm. His eyes are completely dilated in pupils. Mm Mm-hmm. He starts throwing his words, some prayers. He's running all his words together. Like he yeah. looks like a like he's drunk. And he said, Yeah, I was high on Percocets during during that. It's amazing. This is the quiet through. part, Dave, being said out loud. Big time, right? You aren't supposed to suck. You aren't supposed to say this stuff. The shield is not going to appreciate this at all. Um, I don't think he don't care. He may right? not. He got the money. He got he. I legitimately think he's at a point now. He don't have to play again. I don't know if he wants to. This I don't weird. know either. I, this I, is I weird to, to me. I, it's it's like Rodgers and Brady, the two teams we thought would walk to the NFC Championship game. Both these dudes are acting like they don't give a fuck. 
Like they, they, they are both like, yeah, I, I'll take it or leave it. I mean, it's great and all, but like, I don't need this. It's weird <laughs> right now. What's going on in the NFC. As you would say, it's interesting. <laughs> okay. It is very interesting. Um, he did say the quiet part out loud and he said it so freely, which leads you to believe like, again, I'm always thinking, well, man, if he's doing it, how many other guys are doing it? We know they're all playing on it, but we don't have anybody admitting. Yeah. I was high when I was playing football after the fact recovery, injury, recovery, surgery, recovery, Brett Favre got hooked on painkillers. We know there's an opioid problem in America. Yes. Players get hooked on it all the time. Brett Favre claims that the trainers are the ones that got him hooked on it because he was injured. You know, okay. I understand all that point, but Aaron Rodgers, he's still playing. Brett Favre said this stuff after he was done. Yeah. He didn't say, wow, he's an active player. He's the two-time reigning MVP. The two-time reigning MVP just went on a <laughs> the biggest podcast in the world on audio and video and said, yes, I play high. Do you think he was high when he did the interview? Oh, it's a great question. I don't think so. He seemed pretty lucid. He Although that's, but that's rogue, but that's Rogan's thing though. Rogan, like Rogan got high with Elon Musk on his podcast. Right. Rogan's done his podcast high on mushrooms. Like that's right. kind of Rogan Rogan's thing. Right. So, I mean, and, and I don't know, and I don't care. I just know, like I saw Brady's quote and I thought they ain't winning the Super Bowl. I see Aaron Rodgers actions. I've literally watched every Tuesday with Pat some point or another, watch the interview just to hear how he's saying what he's saying. Sometimes right. he rambles and that's fine, but it's it's captivating to me because I'm like, like you said, he doesn't give a fuck. I'm looking to play on them more. Like I think he's playing free. I think he okay. is wants the F you to everybody. He's keeping all those mental notes. He remembers everything. He's he's a little bit, you know. Steph introduced that yeah, I'm petty thing in the in the playoffs. Right. Aaron Rodgers invented the word. True. Hundred percent. I concur with that. Yeah. And he he's he's taking it out on the way out. And you know, it's a weird way of doing it. Yes, but I'm okay with it because it's honest. I I, I mean, like I appreciate honesty to, for better or for worse. Just be just tell the fucking truth, and we're good. Fair. Fair. And he's doing it, man. He's doing for better or for worse. Was it, what's the word I'm looking for? Was it uncomfortable for you when you watched it? I mean, you don't really Not get yet. uncomfortable with no. anything. Like you, no, you're just no. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't get uncomfortable with that stuff. I mean, I, I know everyone's taking substances and doing things. And it's just, I just know, I, I know what the reaction is going to be to other people who hear this. Like this tweet, Aaron Rodgers really just said he played on Percocets during games. Like people's jaws are going like, wait. What? And to me, I've, I mean, okay. Like, <laughs> right. The last boy scout. Okay. All I'm saying is the movie, the last boy scout <laughs> phenomenal movie. I'm not saying people are going to take guns out and kill themselves in the end zone. Oh God. No, but <laughs> a lot of the things that happen in football happen in movies. Well, what was that? What was that documentary? Or it was a, 
made-for-TV thing that was on HBO or something the back ballers. in the day. What was it? And the Ballers, the 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 the, the movie that was on, like the NFL guys who played hard, everything that they did. ESPN put it on, and the NFL killed it. Was it ESPN or I thought it yeah. was HBO? Yeah, no, ESPN put it on and, and, and they killed it and they, because it was it was a portrayal of what was going on in in the NFL. Maybe it was HBO. I can't remember where it was, but it way killed. way too real. Yeah, and they killed it. They're like, can't do it. This is can't happen. Like, get rid of this. Yeah, that was some of the best television ever. The chat will find it. Yeah, I remember uh, that. I forget the name of it, but yes, I remember God, that. I it was it happened two episodes, and the NFL was like, "We're done. Like, we're we're, we're done. Oh. <laughs> we're not doing this. It's a not one of our partners, and you're you know you're not going to do it. We're not going to have it. I thought it was ESPN. That's how they killed it because it was one of their partners, and they were able to kick them out and say you can't do that because oh. you're in bed with us type of thing. So, I mean, the chat's uh, lighting up and says they like Rogers more because he opened up and kind of thing like that. I think people feel that way more than don't. I would agree. I mean, the COVID stuff's going to get really controversial. The COVID that's, stuff. Says that's another be, thing. Yeah. It's going to go everywhere because he said so. He, he reveals some pretty significant things that the league did. And he, Rogers thinks he's very smart and he, he believes he's a very, he believes he's an intellectual. I don't know if he is or he isn't. He played at Cal. So maybe he is, but he truly believes that he is an intellectual and he can go toe to toe with scientists and he knows more than they do. And it's it's pretty arrogant. I mean, it's right. gonna that's gonna turn a lot of people off when they see it and they watch it. They're gonna be like, "Oh, okay, so you're like yeah. that." He's he, Aaron Rodgers likes Aaron Rodgers. Let's just say that <laughs> he, he likes himself a lot. Uh, Sports Grid, thank you, thank you so much. We'll talk to you guys coming up tomorrow after the Pat McAfee Show at 11 p.m. Pacific time for you guys on Twitter and on YouTube and the audio. Don't move. More to come here with BVB. Uh, circus sports schedule of the day. You guys know the million survivor right now. You guys have until the 10th of September to sign up for both the million and the survivor three accounts allowed three entries per survive for, for million six are allowed per entry for survivor. It is a no rake take on both million and survivor. They're probably going to be an overlay. Maybe probably not for survivor, Footballcontest.com is the preferred proxy service for us here on the BVB. West Virginia is the team of the day, schedule of the day. Oh, Thursday, Pitt versus West Virginia. Five and a half juice to the over for West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Game one, Thursday night, this week, backyard brawl at Pitt. Exciting. ESPN nationally televised game. Yes. How do we feel about a seven and a half point favorite in Pitt at home against West Virginia? Well, we're going to bring on one of my guys. When was the last time West Virginia won against Pitt? It's been a long time, right? It's been a long time. It's been a domination. Pitts beat the living daylights out of West Virginia for a while, right? Remind Brad that tomorrow, see how he reacts because that's, that's one of those like things. Is he a mountaineer? Yes. He went well, there. he was he was associate athletic director at West Virginia for 15 years. Oh, okay. So yes, he was very much yeah. tied to school. Okay. He's yeah, yeah. Okay. Um and lives in Morgantown right now. Oh gosh. Okay. So he'll he'll he's been going to practice. And I talked to him yesterday to make sure he's coming on the show tomorrow to tell us what he thinks. And he was like, okay. I'm pretty worried about my season win over five. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no. <laughs> he said, he said, uh, there may be some, uh, some line issues on both All sides. Right. Of the so ball. if they're going to lose to Pitt in week one, can they beat yep. Kansas at home? Yes. In week two. Yes. How about Townsend in week three? Yes. Win two, two, two and one start at Vatech. Mm-mm. I would agree. Nope. Loss at Texas. Been a long time since they win a Big 12 road game. They they're, not, they're not beating Texas on the round. <laughs> Home for Baylor. No. Three straight losses. At Texas Tech. No. Right. Two wins so far. Home for TCU. Yes. I'll give it to him. Three at Iowa State. No. Agreed. Home for Oklahoma. Would be the biggest win for that place. And the parties after. Yes. If they would beat Oklahoma, will be, you want to talk about Hall of Fame legendary. Right. Bernie. Yeah. Uh, home for Kansas State. I say win. Do you? See, this is yeah. the swing game. This 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 could be a win. Doesn't matter. Which it's four. I know, five but and a half. numbers five you and a half. You need this win to get over. You need the Kansas State game to get you over. You can't get over. You have three right now going into the last two games of the year. I thought there were three left. Uh-uh. Two left. Oh. All right. Well, I'll say, I'll say. I'll say win against Kansas State. I would agree. Four at Oklahoma State to end the year. No shot. Right. They're winning, they're winning four games. <laughs> and the bottom is one. Oh, dear. The bottom is two. Okay, two. Fine. The bottom is Kansas beating... and Townsend or whatever. I don't know. I think the bottom is one. The bottom is that they beat Townsend. That would be the bottom. And then they lose everything Every, else. If they lose to Kansas. Oh. But Kansas is, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're about the same level as West Virginia, as West Virginia. No, they're not. Kansas okay, Virginia's better than Kansas. Okay, and then you got TCU at home, Baylor at home, Oklahoma at home, Kansas State at home. It's a tough schedule. Your road games are at Pitt, at Vatech, at Texas, at Texas Tech, at Iowa State, and at Oklahoma State. Dog in every game. Almost, dog in right? every game. They're going to lose every game. They're a dog in every game. They're going to lose every game. Dog in every game except the Kansas and the, and the Townsend games. Yeah, it's bad. Wow. I think they're going to cover, though. Versus on who? Thursday. On Thursday? Thursday. I think they're going to cover against Pitt. The hook, is, the hook might keep me off the game. And I don't want to buy it to seven. Well, just don't get caught in that same trap like with the Vanderbilt-Hawaii game. If you're going to bet it, bet it now because it's only going to go up. Right. I don't know what your buy point is, but a lot of people are waiting to try to get Hawaii to 10. And nobody would go to 10 because so it was Hawaii. It was this, and it was clearly a complete mismatch. I'm not saying this will be. Okay. But if you're thinking West Virginia, wait. If you're thinking Pitt, I'd buy, I'd, I'd bet it now because they ain't nibbling at seven and a half. Everybody's at seven and a half, and right. some of the offshore places have the juice extra on the seven and a half. 
Circa's the only eight right now. Watch that. If that goes to nine, go by. It's a pit play, just like the Vanderbilt play. Yeah, the games I have circled that I'm looking at, one is West Virginia Pitt. Two is Ball State, Tennessee. Oh. Three is Penn State, Purdue. Ball State, Tennessee's 34 and a half. You actually want to bet that game? Over. Oh, the total. Okay. All Uh right. Over. I'm not going to bet the line, but over. Okay. Um, And what was the other one? Penn State, Uh, Purdue? Yeah, Penn State, Purdue, and New Mexico State, Minnesota. New Mexico State, Minnesota is the ultimate junk game. 36 and 53 is the total, and you're looking to bet that game? That kid can sling the football. That Frank's kid for New Mexico State can throw the ball over in that game. Oh, okay. I like what you're doing here. You're just talking to totals. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just talking totals. Sides on these games. No, 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 no. I'm talking about totals here. I'm talking about points being scored. I think this Frank's kid can move the ball. I mean, this kid, this kid shouldn't be at New Mexico State. Threw a bad pick at the end of that game. He did, but he's a true freshman. Okay. Yeah, and he he had the he, they were going up and down the field, up and down the field. Now it's Nevada, but Nevada's defense is not that bad. So against Minnesota, let's see what he does. Maybe he has no time. The Gophers might be in the backfield the entire time, and the kid can't throw the ball to save his life. First road start, short week could be difficult. But I want to. I'm looking at it. I'm betting it yet, but those are the games okay. I have circled that I'm looking at for for Thursday that I may I may wind up betting. Okay. Uh, Props.com story of the day: two leg money line parlay. Involving team totals. You like the Phillies today, right? Uh, yes. I like the game over. So Phillies team total at the Diamondbacks over four and a half runs is minus 137. Good. Cardinals over four and a half runs. Cardinals at the Reds. Tonight, Which, 640. You've got a... Uh, Chase Anderson's a fill-in starter coming in. Triple-A dude coming up. Last year, he had an ERA of 6.75 in 48 innings pitched in Major League Baseball. It's an ERA of 6.94 since 2020. Um, since that his bullpen's not good. Second highest ERA this year of 4.81. So the Cardinals should get to five runs. Somehow the Cardinals won that game yesterday against the Braves, man. That was crazy. Down 3-2. Solo home run to tie the game. Three-run home run to win the game. Uh, Let's see. Chase Anderson will make his 2022 debut. It's a plus 165 parlay. Cardinals team total over four and a half. Phillies team total over four and a half. He last pitched in the majors for the 2021 Phillies going two and four with a 6.75 ERA and nine starts over. That actually is looking pretty good. I like the sounds of it. I like what the, I, I like. It. You like it? I love it. At plus one, at plus 165, I think I'm going to bet it. Both team totals over. Um, Gartner. I need to add. I need an ad for the play today for the for, for just the picks. And this is the pick I think I'm going to go with. There you half, go. Okay. Half a unit. Half a unit. 
two two leg parlay. Half a unit. Why don't you do a full unit? You're light today. Why don't you All do right, a full fine. unit? All right, fine. We'll do a full unit. Fine. Well, that'll, that'll get you ahead for the week when you give True. it back during football. <laughs> load you up. People are going to get a little bit crazy. All these games on Thursday, you're talking about games that you would never even consider, but they're games on Thursday. And then if you're going to start diving into this FCS stuff, you said the same thing when I went 1911 in the preseason. You're betting preseason football. Uh oh. No, what you, you, you were you were all over the preseason. It was went good. 19, went 19 and 11. It's 65%. I do, I know the math. Thank you. What's my what's my baseball? Let's do my baseball numbers. <laughs> invert, invert. Obviously, <laughs> they ripped that part out of Biff's almanac that you have over there. Let's reverse, let's invert the numbers for baseball. <laughs> right. It's hard. The shit's hard. Did you see yesterday all them dogs that won yesterday? Five. Everybody out. Five minus 200 or higher favorites lost outright. Lost. Again, that's the fifth time all year that that's happened. Just all on the same day. Sweep the board. It's just disgusting. Um, Okay. So then the betprep.com prop bet of the day, Carlos Rondon over six and a half Ks at minus 115. You like this game a little bit too, right? What's the number? Six and a half. Minus 115, over six and a half. First inclination is over for me. Uh, by the way, the prop bet of the day is 20 and 13 for the month of August. So doing fairly well. That's good. Nine of 10, 90% overall. He's gone over this number this year. Yeah. Eight of 11 games at home, averaging 8.2. Face the Padres twice this year, 12 Ks on July 9th, 6 Ks on May 21st. In those first two games against the Padres, Rendon averaged going seven and a half innings. Pitched in that one through a complete game back in July for that 12 K performance. Over the last three games, the Padres have averaged nine Ks per game. They swing and miss a ton. It's got to be over. Okay. So you're like, yeah. I wonder if you add. You had a Rondon over six and a half Ks to the team total Cardinals and Phillies. What's that par like? Oh, that's going to pay close to what? Eight to one, nine to one. <laughs> that might be a decent bet <laughs> to throw a little flyer play on that. Yeah, you can do that for the quarter unit if you don't want to, because I know you don't like the parlay. Yeah, for, for, yeah, for full units, but I, that's not bad. That's not horrible. What's it, it uh, pay? What? Let me see the alt strikeouts. If you go six or more, because the, the, the strikeouts right. right now are far is six and a half. It's, it's so strange. So, Oh, they finally got it right though. Dave over six it. and a, over six and a half in seven or more is <laughs> it's minus one thirty two. FanDuel finally, fixed, they finally fixed. Their You're welcome. FanDuel send my check, please. <laughs> I'll give you the address after the show. Oh, that's really Consult funny. FanDuel just fixed it. Um, okay, let's see. Team total here for the Phillies. Uh, Riveting television right now. You constructing sorry. a three game. Well, I'll do it. I'm just looking as you. No, you no, I want me. you to do it. I need to know what the price is. Yeah, let's go. Um, it's not always like that's the thing about Fanduel. It's like not always like right in front of you in terms of like the the. the it's uh, it's it's that's actually one of the more user friendly uh, interfaces. Some of them you can't find the bets. You literally can't find the bets. Like the boys are buying the meat. You can't right. find the bets. It's just strange because it's like, okay, so hits to record a run, total runs, 
They can do team. bands of total runs. Like I don't need bands. Just give me like this is where they give us too much information. Like I just it's want way too runs. much. Just give me runs. Like how many runs? To total runs, odd or even. I don't need that first team to score. Don't need that. I just like want team totals. Like just simple. Give me the team total for. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not doing this right now. It's too complicated to do it on the <laughs> to try to rush. Try to rush. And 16 <laughs> screens open. He can't go do the bet. Somebody, somebody go do a three-game yes. parlay. Phillies team total over. Cardinals, Cardinals. team total over. And Radon. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Build yeah, it's first first half runs. It's not game run. Yeah, some first half runs. Yeah, forget it. Forget it. Uh, better to book it being brought to you. Do it. Yeah, better to book it being brought to you by Cedar Sportsbooks. JTP fifteen for up to a twelve hundred dollars first free bet, risk free bets from Caesars William Hill. Mm-hmm. Only one play because the Dodgers are out here. So the only better to book it is Utah. The minus Dodgers two minus crashing right now. By the way, it's minus one sixty. Interesting. Go Lions. <laughs> Got him out of that game. Uh, Dodgers, sorry, Utah minus two and a half up against Florida. Okay, so Billy Napier, now? Yes, because here's why. The number was Florida minus one and a half. Steam has flipped this entirely over to two or two and a half. This number right. is going to go to three. Okay, this is number, it? yes, I really do believe that this is going to be a very popular play in gambling Twitter. A it lot is. of people are going to be on this. Utah is an extremely popular team to make the college football playoffs i had numerous people i i bet this last night they came to me and said look you should just bet them to make the playoffs like if you like them to beat florida if they win this game against florida chances are they're going to run the table and they're going to wind up being in the playoffs this is the game everyone's wondering can utah go on the road last year they did not play great on the road billy napier opens up with anthony richardson and he thinks this kid's going to be you know they think he's going to be an nfl caliber player a lot of folks I've seen people like Florida to win the game outright. I'm going to take Utah with their experience at quarterback and their offensive line to be able to run the ball and beat up on Florida. Napier was outstanding at Louisiana, but going 34 and five straight up at Louisiana is not the same thing in the sec. And you got to come in, you got to learn. It's your first game up against a top 10 team in Utah. And they were favored going into it. That line was wrong. I I want it under three. That's why I bet it last night. Betting it or booking it, yeah. Utah minus two and a half. It's painted three now. Is it's it? Not, I got it. I knew it. There we go. There's, yeah. There's not a book in the I knew world. that was going to happen. I knew this game. That's crazy. I said that last night on Just the Picks. I said this is a game at two and a half. This number is going to three because everyone's going to bet it and everyone's going to come in and play it because it's a very popular pick in gambling Twitter. Beautiful. Love it. Two and a half. Yeah. Makes me happy. So, uh, a couple of books were already three, so it's a good thing you got that. Yeah. So the ones that didn't move, move this morning. But the ones okay. that moved, moved yesterday. Um, I like Utah a lot, too. Well, wait. if I had, So I got to pick better to book it right now. Mm-hmm. And two and a half, I'll bet it. Okay. But this might be one of those that Saturday we'll be asking ourselves, how in the world did we lay these points? Really? You think Florida wins? Could. Yeah. Billy right Napier now, beats, I don't. 
But Billy Napier wins it. Look, I'll tip my cap and be wrong, but I mean, you, you know, I mean, that would be insane to me. That's an insane start, right? To beat Utah at home. Yep. Utah's been practicing all summer long to get ready for this game because no one thinks a team from the Pac-12 can go win at SEC country in the swamp. And I think they they can. I mean, yeah, they gave up 45 points to Ohio State, but Florida is not Ohio State. They also scored 48 points on Ohio State. Right. (laughs) So, and they're bringing back the majority of that team. So, favorite thing about today is what? Um, well, I mean, we reflected a little bit on Friday about it, but doing the show and meeting people, we got to meet Gorov, we got to meet Bear, um, we've traded texts with a bunch of people. I was helping PB with a tweet yesterday because he keeps putting us without saying anything or a dot before our names, so they're direct messages. I don't know if you knew oh, this on Twitter. Yeah, I did. If you just... Yeah type someone's handle and then a right. message it's a direct message right but it's, it's not an actual private matter. message it's just a direct message it's out one view so right. it's the community um and it's just it's it's been a lot of fun and like you know i told you this yesterday i mean like pap pap came home yesterday awesome. um you know late in the afternoon and, you know, he's happy to be home. I mean, he's, like I said, he's in his early 70s. He had the, the whole pneumonia, all this stuff. Like, he's down on the other side of the house. Um, I hear him have a, a cough attack occasionally. Um, but he's on oxygen, so we got these oxygen tanks now, and we're, we're learning how we're going to move forward. Right. But, like, two guys that I had never met from the show sent me a DM. How's your father-in-law? Nice. Like, I can't express enough how much I appreciate this whole thing that we're building. Mm. And, you know, getting to talk to you every day is just a tremendous joy and privilege. And hopefully we're, you know, reflecting that back when people enjoying the show. I mean, we give each other shit and go back and forth with the plays (laughs) and all this other stuff. But there's more to it. I mean, the boys are buying the meat. That's the other thing I wanted to recognize. The best thing about today was those pictures that like Chef Benny, Stevie Mac, um, someone else posted pictures. Yeah. You guys are doing the job. I mean, like we really, really appreciate it. So that's the best thing about today. Um, my favorite thing about today is that in f- uh, four hours, I get to meet my new students. And oh, please. Uh, today- please be <laughs> <laughs> I have uh it's a smaller class. I, I requested a smaller number of students this semester because I had 18 last semester and it was too just many. too big. And oh, I I lost track of them and it, it got to be very overwhelming for me oh. for a variety of reasons. So I requested a smaller number. And I'm excited because it's a journey that I get to go on with them. And you know, Eric, who's with us now, he was a former student of mine and he is now part of us here at Props. And there are chances for me to meet individuals and students that we've, we've hired, hired Riley Pay, who did some stuff for us as well. She was a former student of mine as well, where it's just cool because it re every time I walk out of the first class, I'm again reminded why I got into the business and what makes me so excited about the business. It's just their overwhelming outlook. They're, they're so optimistic. Right. 
You know, they're, 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 right. the world hasn't tainted them. They, 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 they have mm-hmm. not had anything negative really for a lot of them that's caused them to dislike the industry or dislike what they think this world that we live in and work in is going to be all about. And it's just cool. I mean, I just, I just, I feel very lucky and very blessed to be able to do it and, and get to start them on their journey. So uh, excited today to, to start that every Monday and Wednesday. Boy, I hope they're excited. Some of them are. That, some of them, some of them were draining your energy last year, man. That was, yep. a, that was, that was but it's okay. I mean, it's, it's not for them. I mean, again, I'm not the hardest of teachers, right? I, I the way I teach Professor my classes, P. I, I want the them to be, I want them to be not looking at their grade but looking at their overall growth, like that's more important to me is what they grow as a broadcaster versus did they take a test well or not? And so that gets around, like that gets around inside student body. They're like, Hey, by the way, if you need an easy B or an easy A, the class is cake. He doesn't really care. Come in. So then you get those kids that don't really want to be a part of it. And then they see the other side of me and they're like, wait, 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 wait. I thought you were going to be easy. And I'm like, no, I'm easy when you work. I'm not easy if you don't do the work. I'm a bastard if you don't do the work. What if they come in wearing Connecticut stuff? Are you easy? That's okay. Then? That's okay. <laughs> I'll question their motives and question their upbringing, but that's okay. <laughs> that's for their parents to, to answer the questions when they, you know, I'll say, "Hey, you, you really fucked up your kid, man. Like what? Like like what happened, man? Like what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Like how did you allow this to happen? Like I thought you wanted your kid to be successful." Like you can't, you can't allow your kid walking around this town with that stuff on there. I'm like, gosh, like, what's he going to be a caddy? Like, come on. Like, oh. <laughs> like that's not going to work. Come on. <laughs> oh. On that note, we will talk to you guys tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of the Boston University of the book. He's Dave. I'm Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow.